0: Hi, welcome to Healing Chronic Illness with Marley. This is season two. This season, we're going to be interviewing some experts in the field. So join us on our journey back to health and wellness. Welcome to today's podcast. I hope that you enjoyed last week's visit with Dr. Joel Robbins and I'd kind of like to further the discussion a little bit today regarding attitudes and health and our belief systems because it plays such an important role, uh, mind over matter in our really our beliefs and, our, and the way we have perspectives on healing, steer our healing more than our nutrition, our genetics, and things of that nature. So today I want to go over a book that a friend and another personal physician has written, and I want to introduce you to him today. His name's Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. He'll actually be joining us next week on the podcast, but I wanted to talk a little bit today about chronic fatigue syndrome fibromyalgia and just chronic pain and long-haul covid since that is really rearing its ugly head and in my opinion really covid long haul is really just a new name or label put on what really is fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome it's where you have an infection that triggers neuroinflammation and dysregulates your autonomic nervous system as well as your immune system and it just wreaks havoc and you just feel like crap and it is relentless and so I was diagnosed with chronic fatigue fibromyalgia probably 10 years after the tick bites. I used to just really struggle with joint pain but the extreme fatigue came following you know years of trying to do Lyme protocols and then having a couple very bad rounds of chronic pneumonia so let's talk about it today I fit the demographic that is very very common diagnostically for people that get chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and it's the type A choleric get things done person who doesn't have an off switch and who is a mom, homemaker, wife, and you know, is working hard in helping the family, working hard in developing a career, and not learning to say no, not listening to your body when it begs for rest. So I have always pushed through that's just how I was wired and how I was brought up so society really doesn't help this either because we do carry a big load of expectations that we have upon ourselves and if you are to get chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia you can attest to this that you have a 50 to 95 percent decrease in your function And I'm talking just day-to-day function. A lot of people end up not being able to work, going on disability, and it drastically affects your quality of life. And you've heard me say it, if you don't get it, you don't get it. You lose relationships. You lose good friends because they don't understand why you cancel on them. You might run into marital problems. And the list goes on and how it does affect your relationships negatively. However, I do want to point out a positive, and it really helped me because a physician had shared this with me as well as a family therapist said that the patients that they had that had fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, actually their children felt very loved. And the reason why is because mom was just always there when they got home from school. There was a lot of cuddle time because mom's often in bed and you're present. You might not be able to make all of the sport games or the dance recitals or the music performances. You push hard to make those things happen because we all get FOMO and we wanna be there for our kids and it's amazing how you can dig deep and become Wonder Woman for your kids. So that is a positive for sure, because they just never felt like you weren't there because you're not working long hours at the office. So when kids get off the bus, they come home from school, mom is waiting for them. So they do report that parents that have that, kids feel really well cared for, nurtured, loved, because mom's available. So I don't know about you, but being a productive type A driven person Um, I love the feeling of checking things off my to-do list and you know just naturally how that works in the mind-body connection is that when you're getting things accomplished and you're getting things done you get a dopamine drip and who doesn't enjoy that it's it's healthy we're supposed to be productive as people so checking things off the to-do list has always been important to me and being productive gave me purpose and a lot of identity and I think that's fine, just don't get so caught up in a mindset that you end up developing performance anxiety, because I know that I did. I had trouble, you know, I would have mental blocks taking exams in school because i get so freaked out of making a mistake that I would completely go into overwhelm mode and then, you know, circuit breaker would trip and then i lose my train of thought. And <laughs> so... You know, and that can happen in a career. I've had that happen in meetings where I've just been in meetings at work and completely spaced and hands get sweaty and then the panic sets in. Because it's kind of like you're like, oh, it's all up to me. I am ultimately responsible. And my friends, I want to tell you that we're not as responsible as we think we are. And we're not as in control of things as we think we are. And one thing that I have to hmm, tell myself and remind myself often of is that I am a human being. I'm not a human doing. And knowing that and in a deep level and that it's okay that being is enough, particularly What's best for us is that we be in the moment. That our self-worth should not be on our accomplishments of our past successes or even in what our future plans are. That we really should just be in the here and now, in the present. Because it's a gift. And we need to cherish it. So I wanted to share from Dr. Seidelbaum's book, which was very transformative to me it's called three steps to happiness healing through joy it's a three-step process that will help you move into your natural joyful state of being that will help you reclaim both health and passion in your life and it's one of those books that i take out every once in a while and i read my read the bold print or i read my underlying parts that i've made and Some of it has shaken my belief system quite a bit. And there was a time when I first read it through that I was so unsettled and upset by what Dr. Teitelbaum had written in his book that I threw the book across the room. And I'll get to that later. I'll read it to you. So let me share this. If we can take our life and the experiences of our day-to-day as something that we get to do, whatever's on our agenda or our to-do list, and see see it as a get-to-do rather than a got-to-do, and that we can see that life is so full of these incredible choices, like a buffet to choose from, and that we don't have to get everything done today or yesterday or tomorrow but that we can simply pick things up and enjoy them and try new things and if we have the energy and and i believe that as we get more reengaged in life and feel better and our window of tolerance to stress and our improves and our energy comes back that we can start to enjoy that smorgasbord of opportunities that life allows for us. Sorry, I'm just kind of briefly looking through this book because it's so full of great information. Well, let me go through what the three steps are and I uh, just want to get you a general idea of Well, let's start with this. Happiness is our natural state of being. It is who we are. This state of happiness is obvious when you look at little children before they take off or they take on society's beliefs. Their natural state is to feel all of their feelings without resistance, leaving them free to spend most of their time smiling and playful. Perhaps this is what it has been said when it says in scripture, as a child shall we enter the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? I do think um, the inner child and knowing that higher self and having that connection again is about going back to when we're creative as children. And we live in the moment. We're not trying to feel responsible and perform and and feel like everything is up to us that adulting is you know taking that childhood wonder away. Some of the rules and beliefs that we were taught may have come from people that were caught up in fear or that were seeking personal power and sometimes some of us have been brought up that We're taught that eternal shame and hate and tragically saying that these things we are doing in God's name instead of unconditional love and acceptance, that can get pretty muddy and misconstrued. And sometimes I think it's good that we get settled and we think, how much of this was society taught, cultural taught, church taught, and how much of it is really from God in the way that we're designed? So in these three steps to happiness, it says step one: feel all of your feelings without resistance, and when they no longer when they no longer feel good to you, let them go. That's interesting. Um, if it's been in your teaching that you're supposed to, you know, get over your feelings, or you know, rise above them, or stuff them, or snuff them out, because you know, the Bible says this and that faith over feelings, teaching, it kind of self-sabotages you because if you're feeling a certain way, and it's not even that feelings are bad, it's how you act on them, but feel them. Feel them until they don't serve you anymore. Step two, there's no blame. Get into the now, the now moment, the present. Practice mindfulness and be gracious. And then step three, we want to keep our attention on what does feel good. And what is the best feeling of all? Love. Love feels good. And the last chance, I, last time I checked, love covers a multitude of sins. And did you know that perfect love casts out fear? And that's probably the main emotion that we struggle with the most when we don't feel well. We fear that we're always going to be this way and that we're never going to get well. So... We want to get to a place where we can be centered, you know, living from our heart, focusing on compassion, harmony, connection, and allowing for that healing presence and that feeling and the focus of unconditional love be all around us and in us and understand it so we can express it and provide it for other people. And I think that will enrich our relationships tremendously. So I want to get to the part of the book that um, made me throw it across the room. So Dr. Teitelbaum is an incredible physician who's known around the world for his work with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, working with patients with migraines, he's been on multiple television shows, he's written best-selling books, and he's recently retired, but the good news is he is still a wealth of information and he's happy to share. And believe it or not, he once struggled with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia himself, so he has such a heart for it, and he has helped countless people. But, you know, his name's Dr. Teitelbaum. He has a Jewish name, and he was raised in a Jewish home. And he shares this in in his book three steps to happiness, he says to use an extreme example, and he's talking about not living in judgment and really just living out of love and letting God be a judge instead of us, not to blame, not to criticize, and um, here's the example he gives, to use an extreme example, and I feel I have some right to do this because most of my family died in concentration camps um, from Auschwitz and he shares more in his book about that. He says, I believe that Hitler and everyone else who's ever died is in heaven with my mother and father. I suspect that God loves everyone and therefore, with total forgiveness, no matter what, if God has enough sense to not judge any part of God's self, why would he judge yourself or anybody else? Now, Scripture teaches that God is the judge and I am not but we spend an awful lot of energy thinking that we are and if we can just let that go but that was what really concerned me, like how could the most evil man that I can think of be in heaven but if think about that for a moment you know, we don't know the height and the depth and the breadth of God's love like we can't wrap our minds around it and His grace and His mercy. So, you know, all the <laughs> all the horrible things that have happened in your life and, and the things that you've done and all of the evil people out there, just imagine, you know, what if, just what if, what if God's grace and God's love was so big that it even included people like that. So, I want you all to love yourselves today and be open to... Loving the parts of yourself that you really don't like. Um, You know, I kind of wish that I was raised in today's culture with my body type, my body image, because when when I was a kid, I developed in grade five vitiligo, and it spread all over. And, you know, kids made fun of me. Parents made comments. People were concerned it was contagious. I got called a freak. Um, It turned into a lot of shame and embarrassment because you know you don't want to look different you don't want to look flawed you don't want to look diseased and i was out walking with my son the other day and he was telling me about a song that had didalayo in it i was like oh what you're kidding me he's like yeah there's a ra- there's rappers talking about it i said what are you talking about so he actually played it for me and it's by an artist called lil uzi vert and you know I hear it playing I don't care for that music because I don't like the language that's in it and the content of it but I do like you know the beats and stuff like that but in the lyrics it talks about this guy is you know bragging on dating a model who's got a condo in Cabo and she has vitiligo and so I just thought it was really like wow wow things have changed so much in the 80s and 90s when I grew up when it was survival of the fittest and competitive and you know you got to look a certain way act a certain way be a certain body type and otherwise you're criticized or shamed and so we can learn a lot from this generation right now about just embracing things does it mean that we should be lazy and you know just go with whatever no I think that we should try to live exceptional lives and make good choices and and take care of our bodies and be kind to people but you know just being more accepting and non-judgmental and not casting the blame whether it's you know something that was brought on you by an accident of someone else or something that you might have done that triggered an illness we can just let those things go don't be the judge of them and take our energies and focus it on love and letting go of the blame letting go of the criticism and really just focus focusing on love love for ourselves love for other people and ultimately love for God so I want to encourage you today and catch us next week for sure I can't wait for you to hear from Dr. Teitelbaum. He's going to share with us his protocol that was life-changing for me, got me out of bed, got me stronger, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So God bless y'all. I'll talk to you next time.